In today's Disabulletin, WFHB correspondent Abe Shapiro speaks with attorney Jeremiah Fry Pearson about a lawsuit against the rideshare company Lyft over its alleged lack of wheelchair accessible vehicles, or WAVs. Lyft officials cited limited supply of wheelchair accessible vehicles and driver availability as reasons why WAVs are only available to Lyft riders in nine cities across the entire U.S. To provide more insight on the issue, we turn to the latest edition of an interview with attorney Jeremiah Fry Pearson of the disability rights group Westchester Disabled on Move Incorporated. Last Friday, I had an opportunity to speak with Jeremiah Fry Pearson regarding recent developments in the court case. He explained that the case is now headed for a trial slated to begin in January of 2023. As more developments become available, Disabulletin will provide those to you. I also understand, too, that Lyft and a number of transportation companies as well have uh, come to the settlement table eventually, but uh, do you believe that a trial would really uh, might set a precedent, the likes of which we haven't seen? From what I've read, there's been really just a number of settlements. Do you believe that uh, even though settlement would be an option, do you believe that your side would have more of an opportunity in a trial setting? So Lyft basically has infinite money, right? They're a multi-billion dollar corporation and the amount of money that they spend on lawyers and expert witnesses is just mind-blowing, you know, $1,000 an hour, insane amounts of money. Um, because of that, that's is very smart strategic. So there's a reason why they went to trial in San Francisco and won, right? They knew they were in their hometown. Once they realized they could convince a judge that their that numerosity wasn't satisfied, they knew they were in a pretty good place. And then they convinced the judge that it cost over $1,000 to give a ride by doing that insane fake math we talked about where they paid people to not give rides and then said, look how much it costs to give rides. So Lyft strategically chose to go to trial in San Francisco to win, and that is the precedent. If we go to trial in New York and we get the landmark victory that I think we're going to get, that will result in massive change. But I also know Lyft. We're not going to get a verdict until at the earliest, the middle of next year. Lyft is for sure going to appeal it, and that's two to three more years before anything happens. We get a settlement. Instead of there being a three-year wait for people to get served, we're going to insist that Lyft provide service as quickly as possible. So in terms of real-world improvement for people, there's a lot to be said for a settlement. You know, Lyft has great lawyers. They've taken what should be a simple case, and it's taken more than five years. And to finally get that verdict entered in, Lyft will make it take eight years. That's as quickly as I can push it through the court system. The settlement will get there more quickly. But you're right. If Lyft goes to trial and loses, and they appeal, and then they lose, it will be precedent-setting, and Lyft will also lose it will lose its discretion, right? I'm willing to have a conversation with Lyft. I want to do this in a way that's profitable for Lyft. You can lose as much money as you want. I don't think they have to lose money running a wheelchair-accessible vehicle program, but I can tell you after I win a trial, I am not going to care about Lyft's pocketbook, and Lyft's pocketbook is the only thing Lyft cares about. So if it wants to do a negotiation, now's the time. Definitely. And, you know, the reason I also bring up settlement is because I know the word settlement can sometimes be attributed as, well, they can go to trial, therefore they'll probably pay off, you know, some hush money. How does this case differ from other cases specifically with regard to a settlement? So 
we are not pursuing claims for money damages in this case. That oh, was yes. a strategic decision that I made talking with the people I represent, all of whom said, no one's doing this to get rich. We're doing this to break down the walls of discrimination and open up access to people with disabilities. I actually think I made a mistake. So I talked to my clients. I was like, that's what you want. Is that what you want? Do you really care about money or do you want the change? And carried them with what Tessa was able on the move. They didn't hesitate, right? They're there about the change. And from talking to people with disabilities in this case, people want change. People don't want to, you know, extort a little bit of money for Lyft from Lyft. We want Lyft to do the right thing. Now, why I think I might have made a mistake is <laughs> I don't know that I got in my, the mind of my adversary enough before I kind of took my client's advice and didn't push back on this. Lyft doesn't care about historic change. They pretend to when it's helped for them in press releases, but they care about not being forced to do things in their bottom line. So if we had brought money damages, I think it was more, it's more leverage. I don't know that Lyft really fears losing at trial because then they'll wait another three years and then they'll provide service that they should have been providing all along. But if we had been seeking money damages and risk Lyft risk paying hundreds of millions of dollars, which they should do, that probably would have incentivized Lyft to do the right thing. So I might have made a mistake in not seeking money damages, but I can tell you that that's what my clients want. That's what I want. This case is not about money. This case is about trying to make Lyft do the right thing. Well, uh, we are definitely hoping for the very best for you, the very best for your clients, and the very best for Westchester County. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Jeremiah Fry Pearson here on the Disabilities Continuing Coverage of Westchester County's Disabled on the Move versus Lyft Court Case. Jeremiah Fry Pearson, I want to thank you for your time and best of luck to you in the months and weeks ahead. Abe, thank you so much. I want to thank you for shining a light on these issues and we'd really appreciate you getting the word out. And uh, I'm hopeful to be back on your program to talk about the good news in January. Thank you. Next week, we begin our coverage of the Court Case Health and Hospital Corporation of Marion County versus Tulevsky which questions whether or not third parties can initiate lawsuits against public institutions for violation of congressional spending bills. This court case relates to a senior citizen who was put in danger while living at a nursing home. More details to follow in the weeks ahead. Until then, I'm Abe Shapiro. Live and learn.